0: Welcome to the 60th episode of Dialogika, a podcast between two friends about the latest in politics, society, and feminism in Indonesia and the world. I'm Sweden Lee, and this is part 2 of Stephanie's conversation with Michael Victor Sianipar, a former member of AHA's staff during his time as vice-governor and governor of Jakarta, and current member of PSE, or the Indonesian Solidarity Party. If you haven't listened to part 1, we really encourage you to listen to that episode first, since both Michael and Stephanie will be referencing stories and topics they've discussed previously. We pick up the conversation as Stephanie talks to Michael about women in politics, specifically female political candidates and the challenges they face in a still predominantly patriarchal environment. They also talk about the non-negotiables that create the foundation for political values and beliefs, with Michael sharing PSE's core values of fighting for diversity and inclusion as well as fighting against corruption. Finally, we wrap up this amazing two-part series with Michael's highlights and hopes for himself and the future of Indonesian politics. We hope you listeners have enjoyed this discussion as much as we have recording it. So, without further ado, here's to it.
1: I think a lot of young people in Indonesia, be, be it they coming from rich family or privileged family or not, but I do believe that a lot of young people have a good heart. They want to do something for other people. Mm-hmm. And I see this from my friends as well, but they always feel like they're just not good enough just yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't done this. I haven't done graduate school. I think politics is too early for me. I don't have the money. I don't have this, that. Yeah. So they so they're very uh wary of making decisions or just plunging into politics. But if they are given the opportunities and if they know that you don't have to have everything set to start, I I'm sure a lot a lot more people would be willing to enter politics at an earlier age.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially given that in Indonesia other candidates are not exactly running based on credentials or uh accomplishments.
1: Yes. I have a friend who had an MBA from Kellogg Northwestern University mm-hmm. she, she worked for uh, one of the best consulting companies in the world for three years
3: mm-hmm.
1: she also has a, she has a good heart so she thought of entering government someday but when I tried to convince her to uh, run for office the answer she gave me is well I don't think I'm ready yeah. I don't think I have enough qualification enough experience and I told her look I was 21 years old when I ran for office. I was 21 when I started working for AHOK, for the Jakarta Vice Governor and Governor, back in the city hall days. I didn't have MBA or any professional working experience, but I, as you can, well, if you see what I do, I I, I do believe I have done some things, things that make it yeah, good you things that make, of- make a difference. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so this friend who I think should be more than ready compared to 99.9% other individuals in Indonesia still feel that she is not qualified enough.
2: I mean, do you also partly think that this is a woman thing? Like, I feel like sometimes women feel like they need to be really qualified.
1: Um, maybe, uh, but, but, but I think that also applies to men. To men, yes. A lot of men yeah. that I talk with also share that concern so it's not just women but maybe more so for women I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. but but I, I think it's, uh, it applies generally
2: because also I think PSE has a a lot of their key figures in the party are women yes um,
1: for, for the female candidates in the party for women candidates uh, they also voice a concern they felt like mm-hmm. running for office being a mother being a wife is a lot more difficult if they want to campaign they can't really go out until late at night yeah, because they just have to be home. So so there's also that pressure, which I sympathize.
2: And how has um, the party helped with that?
1: Well, we told them that, yeah, it's something that needs to be sorted out in the family. I mean, you're, you are you got to talk with your husband, maybe with your kids too, that you're running for office. Mm-hmm. Because the best support system that you can have is not the party, but it goes back to your family. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't run for office unless the family uh, is supportive of that.
2: Because partly it's like a whole... Like societal thing, right? I think especially in Indonesia, women feel like a lot of pressure to be the perfect mom and wife as well, in addition to whatever professional careers they have.
1: Yes. But what I did tell them as well is our role as the political party is to support you. Mm -hmm. So we know it's hard. It's not going to be easy. But when it comes to the knowledge that you need to run for a campaign, how to run a campaign... Maybe even some financing, we, we can also help fundraise for that. But not not all those, because those are hard questions that can't be easily answered. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're just a new young party. But we will try our best to support you in uh, mm-hmm. making the decision to enter politics. We want to be meritocratic in the sense that we right. want to implement policies that uh, have, have not just uh, support women's rights, but are written by women as well.
3: Right. Um, that's
1: that's why we, why we encourage women to enter politics and make policies for themselves
3: <laughs> too. For sure. <laughs>
2: Like one of, uh, so Michael and I, aside from knowing each other from high school, sort of, um, have occasionally said that I should go to politics. And it's like, um, like why I sometimes think I'm pretty hesitant towards doing that is like, I think I'm also pretty, like, non diplomatic. And, um, like I have a lot of strong feelings and, and, you know, like lines in the sand is non compromising, essentially. And, um, that's something I think that, you know, we should talk about and like what, what are the non-negotiables for you?
1: I admire people who have a strong opinion on what they stand for on a lot of issues. I still consider myself as one,
3: Yeah. honestly, sure.
1: I mean, maybe, maybe in, uh, in some ways I have become more realistic when it comes to making policies, compromises. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that a lot of things that I do right now, a lot of things that I believe in, I would not compromise. Mm-hmm. And it's important as a politician to know where the lines are, where you don't negotiate, where you are willing to negotiate. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the non-negotiables, um, there are two things that... The reason why I'm in PAESI and this political party is because two things that we will not negotiate is, first, is on the issue of diversity. Mm-hmm. We will not tolerate any persecution on any person because of their background race at the city religious socio economic education mm-hmm. and uh, sexual orientation mm-hmm. so so that's something that we are uh, we hold strongly for example, when al was imprisoned, we were the only party that came out directly and boldly claiming that it was an unjust ruling by the court. Mm-hmm. No other no other political party did that. Maybe, maybe because they have so much to lose if they make that statement, and we have nothing to lose because we're a new political party. Mm-hmm. But but that but the, the discussion was simple. The discussion we had was simple about it because we know this is why we exist. Because we want anyone in Indonesia to have the opportunity to uh, partake as citizens of Indonesia. So right. so we will not compromise on that front. And the second one is when when it comes to corruption, we really want to clean up the government. So right. we have this policy in PSE, or at least in Jakarta, that I've been telling this to the candidates. If they are corrupt, let's say, even if the court has not made a verdict that you're uh, guilty of corruption, mm-hmm. but if there is an indication that you are corrupt, we will ask you to resign. That's, that happens in... Mm-hmm a lot more developed countries. Like in Japan, the governor of Tokyo decided to resign because of some corruption allegation. It wasn't even, uh, he wasn't found guilty yet. He wasn't even charged yet, but just some issues uh, going around. Mm -hmm. That that will be our stance when it comes to corruption. We don't want anything to do with it. So if any elected officials from our party are, how do I say it? There's gossip, there's strong indication that he is involved or she is involved, then... We're going to take the proper measure to uh, just get rid of the person. So those are areas that we don't want to negotiate in. But uh, in many other things, not that we are willing to compromise, but we have to know the priorities. We can't get all things done at the same time. So in uh, when we're fighting in the parliament, we have to know what will be our first priority and what will be our last priority. So some other priorities we should be willing to uh, postpone.
2: So, like, for example, and like, you know, been a more, in the last, along with, uh, stoking fears on racial lines, there's also fears on like stoking of like, uh, LGBT bad or like LGBT is a spreadable disease or something. Yeah. Like it can be spread like a disease. Um, that's intolerance and that's, it's harder for political parties to address those issues.
1: So, i don't know if i've mentioned this but lgbt i think is uh, an issue that indonesia is not ready yet i think uh, we we are we have well we can't even tolerate religious differences mm-hmm. uh some some other more mainstream issues right uh, how much more issues that have not even been mainstream enough yeah so we we still have a long way to go and i'm i'm real i'm realistic on on that aspect
2: but for example on the case we just heard news that ten women who were gay or lesbian were arrested that is considered persecution
1: yes I would consider that as persecution
2: and that is not something that is should be tolerated
1: yeah well that uh, because that is central to our understanding of diversity I think diversity one one aspect of it is mm-hmm. we will not tolerate any persecution on anyone that is uh, unlawful and also that is not Human,
3: mm-hmm.
2: how do you see compromise being, you know, something that you have to deal with? You're, you know, your non-negotiables, which is racial and um, religious intolerance and corruption, right? How do you um, manage that, like personally and as a politician?
1: Yeah, so I think differences in opinion on policies are okay. Mm-hmm. For example uh let's just take an example for example like subsidies health subsidies educational subsidies i have different opinions sometimes even with my boss ex-boss with Mm ahok but but those are healthy debates those are things that are okay to Mm -hmm. compromise i mean everyone has a different take on policies it's it's okay to talk about it and then you you have somebody's more uh has a stronger opinion on environment somebody has a stronger opinion on the economy creating jobs uh so those are issues that I think as negotiables, well, mm-hmm. we can talk, I mean, we can look at the data and even if we have the same data, it can still be more interpreted in on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. But And we have to agree on something, agree on something that is most agreeable, that will be the compromise point, right. which I'm fine with it. That's just the process in any democracy, including in Indonesia.
2: And I think what's interesting about Indonesian politics, why I feel like it's generally like, so, for example, we have a mutual friend, Soria. Um, like we are so different politically, and I think even you and I are like politically pretty different. But on an Indonesian political scale, like we're pretty similar <laughs> because like there's I think just so few people who really want who care deeply about policy that is just like who wants to actually improve things versus who don't. <laughs> like, um, yeah. it's like also very safe to talk to cab drivers and it's like, that's one thing that I think my Western friends find like surprising that like politics is a very safe topic to discuss with everybody because it's like yeah. most parties are not really generally divided along political ideological lines. It's like politics in the relational sense in a way. Right. Mm. Do you see that changing in the future? Hopefully.
1: Mm, I don't think so. I think people are still comfortable with with talking i mean we have become more divided Uh today than we were a few years ago i think Uh than before after what happened with the demonstrations in 2016 and the election in 2017 but i i don't really see that spreading that much or that deep yet i think Uh efforts have, have been taken to bridge the gap and for example the governor that I'm supporting right now in West Nusa Tenggara is actually a PKS governor mm-hmm. so that came as a surprise to even my friends because how could somebody who worked for AHOK is now dealing with PKS politicians mm-hmm. but then I told my friends well I look at Nusa Tenggara Barat and I see it's a still a poor province it's underdeveloped and it just has been hit by earthquake Mm-hmm. What I see there, 5 million people are Indonesians who deserve the same attention, the same rights, the same opportunities as people living in Jakarta, even if they're more conservative. Jokowi lost by a huge margin in 2014. Jokowi only got 30%, Prabowo got 70%. Right. It's a conservative society yeah. West Nusa mm-hmm. And the governor right now is from PKS. But as long as he's willing to work with me, he's open to have a Chinese Christian working in his office. That's good enough for me as long mm. as we have the same concern to develop the province and then just making sure that uh, people there can cope with the earthquake uh, aftermath right so so uh, attempts like these are being made and that's what makes me hopeful unless we stop we stop communicating or we, we just don't want to talk with people from the other eyes uh, uh, background or, or political opinion I think that that is when things will get worse <laughs>
2: How do you feel about this next coming presidential election?
1: I'm not really excited. I mean, honestly, I don't really think that much on, I would say I don't really care that much of national politics right now. I'm more excited on what's happening in the provinces, in the local levels.
3: Regional politics.
1: I'm sure Joko is going to be elected again. Mm -hmm. uh, But I don't know how his second term is going to be different from the first term. Right. But I think he's still moving on the relatively right direction, so I support him. I support him completely,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but not as excitedly as I was five years ago.
2: Who would have been your uh, ideal vice presidential pick? I besides Ahab.
1: This this might not be yeah. This might not be politically correct to say this now, but
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think when Jokowi picked a vice president back then,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, one of the criteria that he used is to find a Muslim person, right, which is okay, but I think that shouldn't be the primary criteria when selecting a vice president Mm -hmm. so the shortlist that i heard of the the last four people in the shortlist are they have strong uh, credentials religiously which generally is okay i mean but i'm just not comfortable with that being used as a primary qualification
2: but do you, i mean it was in a way like okay let's prevent any kind of 212 incident or any kind of thing it's like yes it's like let's pick who can be the most muslim so we won't have to deal with these kind of issues yeah i mean that's what it felt like to me
1: right pragmatically speaking there might be uh, good reasons of why he made made the pick yeah and i i think i have to be fair to be objective i think he, jokowi made the best decision possible in that aspect mm-hmm and he has good intention and good reason, but mm-hmm. as a person who under, underwent what happened in two thousand sixteen, I'm just not right. satisfied, and it was personal to me.
2: Yeah, it was to me as well. It felt to me like kind of a betrayal of what we supported him for, right? Yeah, at least to me, like yes. Um, but that is sometimes uh, politics, right? So, what are what do you think? Um, that what would you have told yourself like five years ago that you wish you knew at the time?
1: Well, I'm gonna tell them. Uh, I'm gonna tell myself, my younger self, that it's tough being in politics. Uh-huh. I wish I knew better that the 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 choice that I made and sticking to that choice up until today will cost. Well, honestly, it doesn't really cost that much. I mean, I'm still alive, right now. I can <laughs> f- eat good food, uh-huh. but. I feel like time is running out for me. I mean, I'm getting older. I'm Still young, 27, but <laughs> but I just so feel like I'm getting so really young. yeah. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm just getting older, and, and and a lot of things that I see my friends have accomplished, and they're m- much more much more secure. A wife and children. <laughs> Some of them not not, not many. <laughs> but being young was actually it made me easier to make decisions to enter politics when I was younger. But right now. As I evaluate my decision, just sticking to politics, it's getting a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. But I have more reasons to be in politics now than I was when I was younger.
2: What are like the highlights then? Like what makes you continue doing what you're doing?
1: Well, the highlights is, um, there are a few highlights that I want to point out. The first one is, it is nice. It's a nice feeling to have hope. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't have hope. And when I see people who don't have hope, I just don't, understand uh, how can you live without hope for mm. the people around you, for your country, for just this, the city or just society in general. So, And when I meet with young people and being able to talk from heart to heart and even to convince them that there is hope that they should be involved as well. Uh, right now, even uh, some of my friends have decided to enter politics and government. They're helping in some provinces, helping out the governors. That gives me more hope. Right. So so that's the, the best highlight of working in politics. Because politics is about hope. And mm-hmm. that's something I still believe in. And even when I see people who don't have hope, th- that's exactly the reason why we should be in politics. Because we have hope. And we need to give that hope to other people as well.
2: Yeah. Never stop selling. But,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, the other highlight is uh, when I know that what I do can change people's lives. Mm-hmm.
2: So what do you do when you are depressed? That situations
1: so when i'm depressed uh i always remind myself of why i'm here
3: uh-huh.
1: uh, that's why the story about me going to the slum is important that that's a defining that defines my identity right now uh-huh. whenever i feel down whenever i feel depressed i would go to the slum i would just sometimes i would even visit the same slum that i went to that first time and just standing and staring at the river. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope that I won't see sights like that anymore. I, I, not that, that anything is wrong with people, children swimming in the river, but. Well, in Dakar's river,
2: was, it's pretty toxic. So skin diseases. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: but yes, but they look very fun. They, they were having fun swimming in the river. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I hope they, they won't swim in the river anymore, but.
2: Well, it was super great having you. It's been really, I think we have a lot of guests come on and it's usually more from the activist space. So it's nice to hear a different voice who can who works on, on these issues on the ground. And I just want to really thank you for your time. And how can people find you or find PSE? And what would be the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, well, thanks for your time as well. I mean, it's an, uh, uh, a joy uh, to share with you guys, with uh, you staff as well. Um, if you guys want to know about PSE more, you can go to our website. It's uh, Passy.id. And we also have social media presence. I personally don't use social media right now. I'm trying to to cut off all the noise. just want to have some peace. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think as a politician, I should still be involved in social media, but not right now. I've, I've been off for eight months.
2: <laughs> so you don't want new Instagram or Facebook followers or Twitter followers? That's not a. This is not a spiel for that.
1: <laughs> or I can I can share my phone number if anyone wants to ask me questions. You can just contact my me directly through WhatsApp.
2: You want to put your number uh, on this?
1: Should I share it here? Go for it. Yeah, sure. I don't mind. Yeah. So my phone number is plus six two eight one seven zero eight one nine zero three three. Say that again. Plus six two eight one seven zero eight one nine zero three three.
2: And I have to say, Michael is very good at responding to WhatsApp, so go for
3: it.
1: Okay. All right. Thanks.
2: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find more information and resources of whatever we talked about on our website, delica.id.
0: Music credits to John Dealey, Lee Rosevere, and of course, Broke for Free.
2: If you like what you hear and want to support us, please review our podcast on the Apple Podcast app or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. And please share our podcast with your friends. It's the best way to spread the word about Dialogica.
0: If you want to get more involved, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is dialogicapodcast at gmail.com or just shoot us a message on our Facebook page. You
2: can also find us on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and now Twitter. Please follow us in these various platforms. Our Twitter handle is at dialogicapod. Also, follow me on Twitter. It's Tank Steph at s-t-e-p-h-t-a-n-g-k.
0: Thank you again and see you guys next time.
2: Bye!